Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Three, two, one. Well, I was headed to California tomorrow to the Reagan Library for my maiden speech there, but not anymore. The whole place is in flames. Uh, The library itself is okay, uh, but the immediate environment around it is not. It is in uh, flames. The wildfires in California are consuming an acre every 15 seconds. One acre of land gone every 15 seconds. The entire area of Ventura County is uh, under evacuation orders now, it appears. The Simi Valley area where the Reagan Library is, people are being told to not get on the road so fire departments can move around. So they asked if I, they said, if you want to come, come. We should be okay at the library, but your hotel and, and the people getting here, we're not sure about. So we're going to reschedule it. Uh, big news today on Jerusalem and the American Embassy there. Um, Christian Nielsen is now the Homeland Security Secretary. She'll be sworn in in a little bit. We had the Masterpiece Cake Shop argument for the Supreme Court today. And uh, the really big news right now is uh, the Mueller team has allegedly subpoenaed records from the Trump uh, organization, their bank records and Donald Trump's personal bank records, which Donald Trump said would be a red line that if Robert Mueller crossed, he would be fired. Now, did the Mueller team actually subpoena the Trump and Trump organization records from Deutsche Bank? Deutsche Bank, you should know, has been under investigation in the past for uh, problems related to Russia. But has there actually been a subpoena? The Trump administration and Jay Sekulow, his lawyer, say, in fact, there hasn't actually been a subpoena, that this has been reporting by the media that isn't true. Here's Sarah Sanders at the White House just a little while ago. Look, I think it's important to note, um, and hopefully you guys have seen the statement that uh, Jay Sekulow, a member of the president's legal team, has put out within the last hour that they confirmed that the news reports that the special counsel had subpoenaed financial records relating to the president are completely false. No subpoena has been issued or received. We've confirmed this with the bank and other sources. I think that this is another example of the media going too far too fast, uh, and we don't see it going in that direction. Yeah, so a lot of people have walked away from the story this afternoon, given the, the blanket denial from the White House and from Jay Sekulow. 
He said no bank records related to Donald Trump have been subpoenaed. And reporters said, well, what about the Trump Organization? And he said that when he said no records related to Donald Trump have been subpoenaed, that includes the Trump Organization. No records have been subpoenaed, according to the president's legal team. They have confirmed this with the bank and with other sources, meaning they have reached out to people related to the Mueller team. And the Mueller team, by the way, says they're not saying anything. How can we trust this news? given how much of the media has been reporting stuff about the Mueller investigation that turned out not to be true. And let's not deny that. There had been plenty of things reported about the Mueller investigation that turned out not to be true. So I'm not really sure why we should take it at face value that uh, these subpoenas have happened, particularly given the blanket denial from the White House regarding this. Deutsche Bank and the Mueller team are not saying anything, uh, nor would we expect them to, just given uh, confidentiality concerns. By the way, the president of the White House today had this to say about Roy Moore versus Doug Jones. I think he's going to do very well. We don't want to have a liberal Democrat in Alabama, believe me. We want strong borders. We want uh, stopping crime. We want to have the things that uh, we represent, and we certainly don't want to have a liberal Democrat that's controlled by Nancy Pelosi and controlled by Chuck Schumer. We don't want to have that for Alabama. Thank you all very much. The uh, polling in Alabama shows Roy Moore has bumped back into the lead despite the allegations. Majority of Republicans in Alabama not saying they disbelieve the allegations, say they don't care about the allegations. Democrats are helping them along given that they have uh, given Al Franken a pass. John Conyers has resigned today as another allegation came out uh, that he put his hand up a woman's dress in church, people, in church. My goodness. The phone number here, by the way, you are listening to Eric Erickson on WSB, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. We got to talk about another really big story that is firing up right now, and it risks a war. And I'm not talking about Korea. This literally, seriously risks a war. The president, tomorrow... If reports are to believe, be believed coming from people close to the White House, not from reporters, but from people close to the White House, if the president is to be believed and these reports are to be believed, tomorrow the president will announce he is moving the American embassy to Jerusalem. The Palestinian Authority, the Saudi crown prince, the Jordanian king, the Turkish president— and the Pope are all opposed to the United States doing this. Now, why? Well, contrary to what you're hearing in the media, that the president uh, would be declaring Jerusalem the capital of Israel, the United States, by a congressional resolution, has already designated Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. The problem is to keep peace in the Middle East, because the Palestinians also claim Jerusalem as their capital, The president, uh, the the government of the United States has kept the embassy in Tel Aviv, which is the commercial hub of Israel. They intend to move it to Jerusalem and declare Jerusalem the eternal capital of, of Israel, which it is, factually and indisputably. The problem is that the Palestinians view Israel as theirs as well, and they view the occupation of the eastern part of Jerusalem as a as a war footing by Israel and a con- an inappropriate conquest because Israel wasn't given the territory in the UN settlement establishing Israel after World War II. 
Now, the fact of the matter is, that part of Jerusalem as well is just as much historically a part of Jerusalem. This is the West, part of the West Bank area in Jerusalem. And they are, the, the Palestinians are spitting mad. Here's the problem with this. You've got Saudi Arabia trying to deal with Iran and Yemen and Lebanon. You got the Palestinians who are just itching for another intifada against Israel. You've got the Jordanian king who's doing his best to stabilize his country and hang on to power. You got the Syrians, you got all the Middle Eastern powers who are fine with Israel privately and are publicly getting toward being fine with Israel so long as the capital is is not declared to be Jerusalem and only Jerusalem. And if the president moves the embassy to Jerusalem tomorrow, which I'm kind of inclined to say he ought to do because that's what we claim is Israel's capital, well, it's probably going to cause a war. We are going to find out tomorrow if the president actually does it. There is overnight massive negotiations happening. Uh, in fact, as I speak, there are envoys headed to the White House to try to persuade the president not to move the American embassy to Jerusalem because they believe there's going to be a war if he does, and the likelihood is there will. Uh, the, uh, the Israeli government, by the way, is keeping its mouth shut uh, privately. The Netanyahu administration welcomes the move of the embassy, but they are putting their soldiers on a secure footing in case violence erupts tomorrow should the president do what he's signaling tonight he probably is going to do. Now, I want to see if I can get this audio for you. This happened yesterday. Y'all will recognize this if I can get Thank this you so to much, load. Mr. Speaker. I would like to talk about Jamie Dupree, who serves as the radio news director of the Washington Bureau of Cox Media Corporation. I've had the privilege of knowing Jamie for more than two decades. With his professional coverage of both congressional and national politics, Jamie has become a trusted voice for radio listeners in Atlanta, as well as in my home state of Florida. However, in the summer of 2016, Jamie, a radio reporter, lost his voice to tongue protrusion dystonia, a neurological condition which can create severe speech, swallowing, and breathing difficulties. This is a rare condition which has no known treatment, and it prevents Jamie's brain from connecting to his mouth and causes his throat to push his tongue out of his mouth when he attempts to speak, squeezing the sound out of his voice. A radio reporter. However, in spite of this severe health problem, Jamie has remained active through Twitter and his news blog. Mr. Speaker, Jamie Dupree is a perfect example of the positive role that devoted and professional journalists play in our free society, and I wish him and his family all the best during this most difficult time. Thank you, Jamie. Godspeed. That was Elena Ross Layton, member of Congress from South Florida, talking about our own Jamie Dupree yesterday from the floor of the Congress. Uh, he has a blog up at WSBRadio.com. You can find it outlining uh, his current condition situation. Keep Jamie in your prayers. And yet he continues to produce brilliant news. Uh, follow him on Twitter and at WSBRadio.com. Uh, just an all-around good guy. 
and we continue to pray for him. Y'all, uh, tax Armageddon is apparently upon us. That is what Nancy Pelosi is calling the Republican tax plan. It is just outrageous. I'll tell you the state of play on the tax plan when we come back after I go decongest. Why, hello there. It's 39 after the hour, and Armageddon is upon us. No, I'm I'm not talking about the president's intention to move the embassy to Israel or to Jerusalem, although I will tell you uh, right now that uh, the American military is expecting to uh, see unrest and the um, after-hours markets are looking like they don't like this idea because it's going to cause instability. Um, so, the president, to review, if reports are to be confirmed, and these are White House sources, not the media that's gotten everything wrong, White House sources saying the president does intend to keep his campaign promise and announce that the American embassy is moving to Jerusalem, uh, there will be riots. In the Middle East, throughout the Middle East, it will be a destabilizing event. So maybe that is the real Armageddon. I mean, we, we are on on the, the glide path to Armageddon. I mean, the whole world is falling apart. We'll get to Masterpiece Cake Shop here in a bit. But that's not the Armageddon I'm talking about. No, no, no. Nancy Pelosi, bless her heart, she thinks that the Republicans cutting taxes for people is Armageddon. Y'all... We have lost the ability in this country to have a nuanced conversation on policy as both sides are playing to their base. She believes a change in American tax policy is Armageddon. The final battle, the destruction of the world. By the way, Democrats are saying if the Republicans do this, they are going all out in class warfare. I read that report that the Democrats say they are going to to double down on class warfare if Republicans do this, I thought, seriously, I, I how can you double down on 100%? Because that's all they've been doing for the last decade is class warfare. That's how they campaign on everything. And they're upset because under the Republican tax plan, who gets hurt? Democratic voters. Why? Because Democratic voters tend to cluster in um, coastal urban areas that then cause their states to become Democratic states, and those Democratic states, they're not going to be able to get their state and local taxes written off on their national federal income tax. Assault, they call it, state and local taxes. They're no longer going to be deductible. Your property taxes will still be deductible, but your income taxes at the state level won't be under this Republican plan, and Democrats are livid about it. But it makes sense to me that the Republicans would just go on and pass the Senate version of the tax plan. Don't don't take it to conference. You take it to conference, you got too many opportunities to screw it up. They may have to take it to conference, though, because it appears the Republicans structured the corporate alternative minimum tax uh, to basically go after all sorts of um, businesses that they didn't intend to. Essentially, what the Republicans have done is 
they changed some wording in the tax code. So they basically have eradicated all corporate deductions. So your individual income taxes, you get standard deductions and anonymized deductions, and they have largely eradicated the corporate deductions. And if corporations try to take certain other deductions, they will get thrown into an alternative minimum tax bracket that gets rid of every single deduction and charges them 20%. And that causes all sorts of problems for businesses. And the accounting... Well, the accounting, the accountants who have looked at this say it is really bad news for American big corporations like Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Exxon, and the like. And so they've got lobbyists in D.C. today begging the congressional Republicans to fix this. I don't know whether they will or not. Um, so we'll see if the Republicans fix this. And there are some Republicans, by the way, you should note, who say that uh, Democrats are overstating, as our corporate lobbyists, overstating what the GOP has done. But considering the Republicans wrote their tax plan uh, with corporations in mind, this is essentially a corporate tax cut. It is not a major tax reform overhaul. Um, but Considering they wrote it with corporate lobbyists, you would think they would have caught this, and the fact that they didn't should concern everyone about how the process and how they rushed it through. I do have to say, though, all of the Democrat complaints about the tax bill amount to process arguments, that the process was wrong, the process was flawed, the Republicans rushed it through, they crossed a bridge they shouldn't have crossed, they burned bridges they shouldn't have burned, they they crossed red lines that were never meant to be crossed. That's what Republicans said about Democrats and Obamacare, and they did it anyway. I am really not sympathetic to Democratic arguments that the Republicans did not seek their input, considering that's how Democrats passed the 2009 stimulus plan, the Obamacare plan, and all of other uh, Barack Obama's major initiatives, Lilly Ledbetter and the like. I'm really not that sympathetic to these process arguments that the Republicans excluded Democrats and blah, 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 blah. Should they? No. Should they use the committee system? Yes. Should they use regular order? Yes. But spare me the outrage from Democrats who taught the Republicans these tricks. I couldn't care less about them. Now, we got to move on from taxes. We got John Conyers. We got the International Olympic Committee suspending Russia. The net neutrality situation, believe it or not, McDonald's value meal is coming back. And, well, there's the Peter Strzok. I guess that's how you pronounce his name. The FBI agent who may be causing problems for the president and makes me ask the question instead of thinking about Russia stealing the election. Should we think about FBI agents trying to help Hillary Clinton get into the White House? I think these are questions that now need to be asked in light of this guy's record. It is 54 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. When we come back, I want to talk about the the Masterpiece Cake Shop uh, case today. We had that hearing before the Supreme Court. Uh, gay rights activists left the court furious. I'll tell you why. And there's the issue of Peter Sturr... I, I don't even know how you say his name. Sturzok, S-T-R-Z-O-K. Sturzok, I guess. Um, he is an FBI agent. He got fired for changing the language in James Comey's uh, letter about Hillary Clinton from grossly negligent to careless. He's the guy who interviewed Mike Flynn, 
And he apparently also interviewed Huma Abedin and several of Clinton's people and gave them a pass. He apparently is a rather partisan Democrat from what we are being led to believe from various leaks. And it makes you wonder just how much of the um, Trump investigation is premised around what this guy did. And was it that partisan? You know, there's, there's a lot that we don't know yet about what Mueller is doing. Several friends of mine who have an inkling of suspicion say he's targeting Jared Kushner, not the president. Uh, They have reasons for believing this based on things Jared Kushner did on the campaign trail, including apparently there are allegations being made that he started the Russian bot army for the president, encouraged their facilitation. But I just I still think the president is going to come out of this unscathed. Uh, My question is, does the FBI come out of this unscathed? Because it's looking more and more like the Russians didn't steal the election, but some FBI agents might have tried to help Hillary Clinton get to the White House by blocking and tackling for her. Uh, Big concerns there that are going to continue to play out in the news. Uh, Also, when we come back, John Conyers, he's out in Congress as of today, and he wants his son to replace him. It is 10 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk, the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, uh, went before the Supreme Court today for arguments. Jack Phillips is the cake baker who bakes elaborately artistic creations, and it's very interesting to see... Several of the liberal members of the Supreme Court who would see a toilet hanging on the wall of a museum and declare it art because the museum says so wonder if a cake can actually be art. Uh, When I don't know a single person who just goes out and bakes themselves a cake for a wedding, it tends to be the centerpiece of the wedding. It is an artistic creation. Objectively so. Go get a cake decorator's book and look at some of the elaborate creations. But that was the hang-up today, is, is baking a cake, can it be considered art? And if so, what else can be considered art, and is it a bag of worms? And Anthony Kennedy seemed particularly aggrieved, uh, agreeing that the gay couple had their were, were made to feel bad by meet old Mr. Jack Phillips. But then, Colorado got up to defend its position. Colorado Civil Rights Commission compare Jack Phillips to Nazis uh, for refusing to bake a custom design cake for a gay wedding. He was willing to provide a cake. He wasn't willing to do customizations they wanted. And Anthony Kennedy blew up at him that had they not done a disservice to Mr. Phillips and have they not been awful to Christians and and shouldn't Christians uh, be able to believe what they believe and also live and, and operate under those beliefs? And gay rights activists left the Supreme Court fuming today that Anthony Kennedy was going to side with the conservatives. We will see if Gorsuch is the the persuadable master that Republicans have promised him to be, if he will be able to get Anthony Kennedy on his side, because the Chief Justice Alito, Thomas, and Gorsuch 
it is very clear, are with the side of the baker. And it is very clear that uh, Sotomayor and Elena Kagan and Ruth Bader Ginsburg are not. Stephen Breyer probably as well. But there are some legal analysts today who observed the case and said it seemed clear to them that it was more than a 5-4 decision shaping up on a very narrow field of marriage. Can people decline to provide their talents to a marriage? So you can't have a sign in your window that says no gays allowed, but you could have a sign in your window that says uh, won't participate in same-sex weddings and then let the market decide if they should stay in business or not, which is just going to set Christians up to further harassment, but at least it would be harassment on a free market and not the government trying to shut them down, which is still preferable to the government coming in and saying, bigots, bake the cakes, because then it wouldn't put them on an equal playing field with gay rights activists. It would actually put them in a subservient position where the gay cake maker, this was one of Anthony Kennedy's points in the argument today, by the way, that a, a gay cake designer does not have to bake a cake for a Christian uh, that says, I support traditional marriage only. But it would require that the Christians bake a cake to support gay marriage. And Anthony Kennedy didn't seem to think that was right. So hopeful signs at the Supreme Court. I would remain a pessimist, though, because this is Anthony Kennedy, and he's not going to do what's right. He's going to do what furthers Anthony Kennedy's own power. So he's probably not going to go well for the Christian, but we will see. Uh, Jeff Flake, the senator from Arizona who is outgoing, has written a $100 check to Doug Jones, the candidate for the Senate in Alabama, and is in the memo line for the check, it says country over party. I'm actually kind of surprised that he's only sent it $100. Not really a commitment there to Doug Jones. This is more messaging. So uh, Jeff Lake, he is okay supporting the guy who's okay with killing kids over the guy who's accused of touching kids. Um, that's that's kind of his position. You could just stay home, Jeff Lake. Stay out of it. But no, no. He thinks it's country over party. I am increasingly of the opinion that Roy Moore is going to win that race. And there are a couple of reasons I think Roy Moore is going to win the race in Alabama. Now, full disclosure, though, there are a number of pollsters out there who are suggesting that the polls are wrong in Alabama because people don't want to admit they're voting for the Democrat. They would rather in Alabama, and you know, you could see people in Alabama do this. They would rather admit they would rather say they're voting for the guy who's accused of, of child molestation than a Democrat. <laughs> that says everything terrible about the Democratic Party in Alabama. But, 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 here's why I think Roy Moore is going to win. I think he's going to win because of the uh, what people in the media call the faster feeler thesis. And I forget the guy's name, somebody feeler, but basically it is the news cycle moves so fast now that people can't keep up. And so if the Roy Moore situation happened a week before the election, it would be persuasive and memorable enough for people to vote against him. But as it has happened uh, months and months before the election, a month before the election technically, um, it's time has moved on. The narrative has moved on. And what has happened in the narrative? Uh, in the narrative, uh, Al Franken has doubled down on staying in the Senate and Democrats are doing nothing about it. John Conyers, Nancy Pelosi called him an icon and said he didn't need to resign until having to change her narrative. 
You got the Blake Farenholt guy, the Republican from the House, who it's been discovered was sexually harassing a staffer. And uh, taxpayers paid for the settlement. And you got the Matt Lauer story. There's a story out today that NBC in 2008 had an off-the-record, off-the-books roast of Matt Lauer. It got written about by the Village Voice in New York, and it was three hours of awful jokes, racist jokes, sexual jokes, humor where he he all but admitted to sleeping with Ann Curry or made jokes about sleeping with Ann Curry and Katie Couric and on and on and on and on and on, and everybody laughing, including Jeff Zucker, the now president of CNN, who says this isn't the man he knew. He was making jokes about Matt Lauer's sexual proclivity and what he did in the office. And the media is protecting itself. The very media that shielded Matt Lauer for so long that has protected Bernie Sanders and refused to talk about his rape fantasy writings. Have you heard about Bernie Sanders and his rape fantasy writings? I bet you haven't. They don't want to talk about any of that, but they want to talk about Roy Moore. So you got the media protecting itself. You got the Democrats protecting themselves. You got the narrative moving on. I mean, people are looking at this and they're saying it's all opportunistic. Why should we believe any of it? And why should we refuse to vote for this guy who's going to stand with our values when the Democrats are protecting their own? The media is protecting their own. Why can't we protect our own? Whether it's right or wrong, I mean, you at least should understand why they're doing it. It is... 25 after the hour. I uh, I won't be here tomorrow because now that I'm not going to Los Angeles, if you didn't tune in earlier, I was supposed to go speak at the Reagan Library tomorrow. My maiden speech to the Reagan Foundation and the whole area is an inferno. Uh, an acre every 15 seconds is being consumed by a wildfire blown by the Santa Ana winds. Uh, the Reagan Library folks have told me the, the library is in no danger. It is landscaped in such a way uh, that the fire is not going to cause it trouble, but the area around it is up in flames. Uh, Westworld, the popular HBO series, has had to suspend production because of the fires. Uh, SWAT, the new CBS show, has had to suspend production because of the fires, and they have had to suspend all activities at the Reagan Library until further notice because of the fires. So I will not be going to L.A., but that doesn't mean I'm coming to work tomorrow. I love you guys. Uh, but I was having to give up going to a Christmas program at my kid's school tomorrow to go give the speech to the Reagan Foundation. And now that I'm not going to the Reagan Foundation, I'm not coming here to be with you guys. I'm going to go be with my son at his Christmas program. Uh, it is that time of year. And I will have you guys know I am still sore from getting the Christmas decorations put up. If you haven't been to my Instagram uh, feed, you should at E.W. Erickson. And just, I mean, we got the inside decorated. We got the outside decorated. I did not go Clark Griswold. I do not go Clark Griswold because my wife would kill me if I did, though I desperately want to. But I put up enough Christmas decorations inside and out. And I haven't even put up pictures of the backyard, uh, just the front yard. We, we go, I mean, 360 degrees of decorating for the house. But that Christmas tree, I bought a 12-foot-tall Christmas tree, and it goes to the ceiling, and that sucker is heavy, heavy, heavy.